Welcome to Gold and Crack. Hit the record button this time, right, Sergio? You've <laughs> done it before. You've done it before. Yeah, I'm doing better. I have to remind myself. I mean, yo, yo, yo. Sometimes I don't even know when we're going live. Hey, but we're live now. But we're, we're live now. We're live now. We're not saying anything. What do you guys want to start with? So, um... Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another crazy freaking episode of Golden Craftcast. You're here with your hosts, Manny Ruiz and Sergio Ruiz. That's me. We're here with a co-host today, a very special guest. He's never been on the podcast or never done a podcast ever. And his name is Daniel Jaramillo. Hey. Welcome to the show. Hey, thank you. Thank you. It's, uh, it's a privilege, a privilege yes. to be on your podcast, yes. podcast. So thank you. I know yeah. you watched the Lord of the Rings one last time. What do you think of the podcast? Oh, dude, I, I loved it. It was just so informational. And then just having that casual conversation about the whole trilogy in general was just, I, I really enjoyed it. I, I, I probably listened to it while I was doing the dishes for like an hour. Sweet, dude. That's awesome. I'm loving that you hear, heard that and everything like that. Um, I'm understanding that you know about beer, but you don't know a lot about beer, right? Uh, I, I do know a lot about beer. I know the different kinds of like spirits, uh, IPAs, uh, weed, but... Other than that, other than just drinking, no, I'm not really education on that part. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this episode, if you're not that informational, this episode is for you. Because what we're going to be talking about today is the history of oh, beer. Yes. So we're basically going to be talking about kind of the upbringing of beers and how we got what we have today in craft breweries, in big breweries, big domestic places, um, and basically industry and we're going to cover some industry stuff and we're going to also cover some just historical aspects of beer in Mm -hmm. general Mm -hmm. um sergio is there anything you want to include um what this episode's going to be about this is going to be a fun episode i mean we've been talking i mean this is a beer podcast so we might as well like begin like talking about like the history of beer yeah the very thing that you know we like and you know talk about the craft yeah, um, a couple years back, maybe a year back, I think we said that we were going to try to do more podcasts specifically about beer. Yeah. So this would be in that category of just the beer episode. So we're going to do strictly just beer and talk beer history about this specific episode in this one. This is episode 75, baby. 75. You, we're a quarter you, close to 100. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying. So thank you for joining us. And, uh, you know, before we start off with anything, we got to start off with the beer, baby. So yep. I guess we should start off with... In this case, we got three beers. We should start off with... I don't know. I'll let you, I'll let you choose, Daniel. Whichever Wait, one you want. Which one's the oldest? Well, they're technically all around <laughs> the same age, but technically the one who was brewed the longest yes. was... Um, I don't think we bought that one. That would be an... That would be Anheuser Busch. Yeah, that would be that would be the Bud Budweiser. Oh shoot. Mm, okay. Oh, probably be the, so. We start off with the Budweiser. Wait, should we? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I dig red, so. Yeah. I think that's a pretty good choice. Yeah, for sure. This is like go-to beer. I got my notes. <laughs> he has his notes. <laughs> you got your notes. So I literally watched on YouTube the history of beer. 
It's like a six-part series from the History Channel. I just watched like three different videos. And I just like got a bunch of different notes. Um, I Basically, the first video explains just kind of like the historic aspects of, uh, well, I mean, kind of how beer came to, came to be. Um, but let's let's drink this beer first, and then yeah, we'll get into that because I want to oh, get some of this going on. Oh, there. There you go. There we go. And then the last of it. Hopefully, it's even out. It even uh, evens out. <laughs> there you go. I can't even speak. Right, I think we got a pretty good proportion right there. Yeah. Oh, that's fair. Let's yeah, we got it. Give you a little bit more, buddy. No, well, thank you, thank you. There we go. All right. Cheers, gentlemen, to the craft. Cheers. Cheers. Mmm. Wow. It's very crispy. This is our <laughs> uncle's beer of choice. Um, oh, coaster for Dan. Yeah, this is our uncle uncle's beer of choice, the Budweiser, the Anheuser Busch. So um, I'm kind of gonna go into the very history of like how beer was created. Mm-hmm. So it actually goes back to the ancient Egyptians, mm-hmm. and back then, you know how the ancient Egyptians they used to farm, they used to be able to um, basically store all the grains, all the um, livestock and stuff like that. Well. There basically is a story that says, you know, at some point um, in a pot, some grains got mixed with um, some yeast and some water mm-hmm. and it was baking in the lo- in the hot sun for a long time and it basically fermented it and somebody drank the water and was like, hey, this we can get turn off of this. And <laughs> they made a bunch of it. So there's no actual pinpoint to where beer was invented or where it comes yeah. from, but mm-hmm. we know... Because the Egyptians were able to gather a bunch of grains and stuff, they're saying that they would most likely be the ones who would first, um, you know, cre- have created beer and started drinking beer. Um, yeah, it was a complete accident. Yeah, it was completely by accident. It's just, it's just like cheese, you know, like, uh, <laughs> remember that? No, well, I don't know if you guys know the story of cheese, where like uh, some guy had like a pouch of like a milk and then eventually it got dried and it just turned into cheese and then he ate it and it was like, oh. Therefore, you got the invention of cheese just by accident. No, yeah, I, I so, actually never heard that. Yeah, story. yeah. So I mean, it's like it's crazy. Like some of the best stuff comes by accident, I guess. And this, and this was like um, the turn of like, I mean, this was basically back in 1600. So when we're looking at beers like Pabst, that was Frederick Pabst. That was the original guy that started Pabst Brewery, Frederick Miller is Miller High Life mm-hmm. and then Joseph Schiltz or Schlitz I should say um developed a, a beer called Schlitz we no longer have Schlitz but it was basically one of the um big ones another one um was uh basically Anheuser-Busch was basically what was the, what was the name of this fucking guy I had it written down yeah it written down Schultz. Damn, it's, your notes are all scribbly all over. It's fucking <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> Come on. I mean, it, it's a journal, though. It's, it's, it's cool. meant to be kind of scribbled and scrabbled. Yeah. Right? I, I did my homework. Adolphus <laughs> Bush. Adolphus That's Bush? what his name was. Almost oh, like man. Adolf. Yeah. Little couple letters off. Okay. <laughs> right. I, I wasn't going to go there. Um, but, uh, but basically, he married into the brewing business 
um, through his wife was a barmaid and her dad owned a a brewery and basically um, Adolphus had a bunch of ideas on how to market the beer and everything like that. That was in the 1600s, mind you. So, um, So all these guys, basically out of all of them, the one that had the most money was actually Frederick Miller from Miller High Life. So basically he had the most experience because his family were they were generational brewers. So they knew how to brew, they knew how to get everything, they knew the temperatures, they knew everything. And um when he first came to America, he came with $9,000 or 9,000 um pieces pounds of gold or whatever. Okay. And basically okay. like his gold would amount to over like two hundred and fifty thousand dollars today. Holy shit. <laughs> basically. <laughs> so God, he had a lot fishy. of money. So he basically came out here with the intention to brew beer. Like that's yeah. what he was set out here to do. He was gonna come out here. Guys like Frederick Paps, Frederick Miller, and Joseph Schlitz all wanted the American dream. They were all going out there and searching for that piece of their pie and they were willing to work hard for it. They had the family to back them up. They had um, the vision, and what they wanted to start was basically a legacy of brewing beer yeah. um, for everybody. And um, basically, in 1855, Miller brews the first beer. So that's when that's when Miller kicked it off in 1855. He was mm-hmm. able to brew his first beer. Yeah, so this is kind of where it starts off. And it starts off in Milwaukee, of all places, because Milwaukee has... Um, fertile farmland they have large harvests for like weed and stuff like that basically the ingredients for beer and they also have lakes waters shores all that stuff they have the water um to be able to sustain and fulfill making beer so that kind of goes off in 1860 miller paps and schlitz are all battling to be the top tiers of you know the brewing nation the uh, beer empire so they're basically (laughs) at this point in in 1860 beer is is obviously legal they have different ale houses open but miller pabst and schlitz were the one that were they were basically in the runnings to be dominant over the nation yeah selling their beer that's that's actually a pretty interesting like um point in time especially like if this is after the civil war and going into the wild west so you know there's more establishing like selling out like more uh beers and more liquors going in, like <clears throat> across the nation it's like yeah. little small towns and stuff and anheuser-busch had a lot to do with that i'll talk about a little bit about that later but basically the way they um excelled these brands the way they built them up mm-hmm. was um by doing like slogans and marketing for their beers right right well schlitz came up with the beer that made Milwaukee famous. Yeah. That was their slogan. And then Pabst came along and totally took that and twisted their arm with it. And they said, Milwaukee's beer is famous. Pabst has made it so. <laughs> so they basically like stole their slogan, but make, like re- yeah. re-imaged it for their own liking. So like, dude, these guys were really like, cutthroats about their marketing and, I mean, you and got to when something like that greater that much demanding like you have to be on top or you yeah. know you got to make that empire well and if you think about it. it from the very beginning um alehouses and breweries played a big part in 
um, townships and creating towns and stuff like yeah. that because it gave one, it gave people a place to hang out, work, create beer, and then. Um, but the thing was, is back in the day, yeah. like shelf life of beer was not that long because they they still were working with hand blown glass. Yeah. So for they, them they to get bottles, it was actually expensive for them yeah. to have bottles and stuff. And canning didn't happen till way later on. Mm. So the only way you could get your beer was if you went with a bucket. Yeah. Or like a big, like, like jug, like the ones yeah. like the. We still didn't have blowing. the refrigeration uh, technology mm-hmm. yet. Yeah, so, so they, they, you small. would have to go get a growler, yeah. and yeah, th- that's what go. it would call. It. They would call it a growler, but literally, I saw a picture of one. It was literally like a piss bucket, yeah. like it looked like a piss <laughs> bucket, and like you just take that over to your local a house and be like, hey, let me get, let me get that filled up, and that's, <laughs> that's that crazy. was it. That was it. So up until that time, like now, you know, um, in around this time like you know all these guys are battling you know milwaukee uh is kind of the home and the kingdom for all beer makers um and then in 1993 Mm -hmm. um one million barrels were sold of beer in one year and that was pabst to do that Mm -hmm. so i'm gonna drink the rest of this and i think we're gonna open the pabst baby yep So I mean, these all these beers that we have right here, um, the Miller, the Budweiser, and the Pabst are all um, products of rice, I believe. Yeah. Um, it said in the thing that was a tidbit that said that um, basically Anheuser Busch buys fifteen percent of the U.S. rice stock, like in the nation every year. So, like, out of all the rice that's made in the United States, mm-hmm. yeah. Anheuser-Busch buys 15% of all of that for their beer. Holy shit. Yeah, that's, that's a lot that's a of lot. fucking rice. That's quite a bit. That's a, that's a big client for the rice company. <laughs> that's, they're going to need a lot of soy sauce. Let me... <laughs> 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 oh, yeah. And they're like, uh, so this is a beer company? <laughs> Let's crack open that, um, yeah, that Pabst. Sure. Um, oh, in the baby. in the 60s yeah, and in the in the 70s, Pabst was the fucking beer, dude. Like, I'm I'm pretty sure because they were in a lot of movies, and even in the 80s, they were in yeah. a lot of movies. Um, they were their um, brewery was actually in Wayne's World. Wayne's World. In the in the episode Wayne's where World. they're in Milwaukee or whatever, and they're like they go to the beer, and they're like <laughs> and then, like the whole like little thing, and they're dressed up in the little. I love that scene. Yeah. Um, we're going to talk about Wayne's Roll later. <laughs> <laughs> and then also in the movie, um, Saturday Night Fever, not, no, Midnight Madness. It was called Midnight Madness. Midnight Madness. But that one, um, young Michael J. Fox, mm-hmm. they actually visit a Pabst, um, oh, really? Blue Ribbon Brewery, oh, shit. like back in the cool. day. So it was pretty interesting. Um, so let's go on with this. So yeah, 1893. Oh yeah. By the way, cheers. Let's cheers. Cheers. <laughs> To the craft. Cheers to the craft. I am surprised again. Yeah. I'm really surprised. Like, actually putting these side to side with the Budweiser and now Paps, like, you can taste the difference. Yeah. Oh, you can definitely, definitely taste the difference. It's right This one tastes, end. for me, a little pinier than Budweiser. Yeah, I would um, say. I would say it's, like, less... Flavor, less crisp than the Budweiser. The Budweiser was pretty crisp. It, 
I, I would agree that the Budweiser is a lot more crisp, but this one kind of smoothed it out. Yeah, I think it's this is more for the smoothness. Yes, it's almost so like kind of like champagne, just something kind of fancy and yeah. something that just flows. That's how it just... Yeah, I, I feel like uh, Miller will be a little bit more champagne, but that's our next one. <laughs> yeah, that's the next one. Oh, uh, so, yeah, they were the first ones in 1893 to basically sell one million barrels of beer in one year. And then um, while this was going on and these guys were doing it, in the background, Adolphus Bush was um, from St. Louis and he was brewing um, his first beers at the time um, up until in eight, around 1861 is when he brewed his first beer. He was still around around 1600. Um, so the beginning of the, of the 20th century, this is like now starting going into the, the beginning of the 20th uh, century, the battle is still happening. And mm-hmm. this is probably the climax. Well, one of the climaxes for the beer industry at this point. Um, at this point, on May 7th, 1915, a British o- ocean liner was struck by a German torpedo and mm-hmm. killed mm-hmm. like around 1,195 uh, 1, people, including 128 American passengers. Oh, so, you know, like, around this time, think about it, 1915, bro, this is, like, the beginning of the, like, Industrial Revolution and stuff like that. Like, people are um, basically, they're cheering for America. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like, they're really on America's side. After this happened, anything that was German was, like, cut out of everyone's diet. Oh, yeah. Any like yeah. German sausages, mm-hmm. German mm-hmm. like bratwurst, German mustard, like anything that was German mm-hmm. was out, out out of Americans' diets. Yeah, like you're uh, not definitely. supporting America by supporting Anheuser Busch or supporting Pabst or supporting Miller High Life because these were all German guys. Yeah, and you know that was actually the question I was going to ask. You know, besides being American companies, like what were their backgrounds? Yeah, all of them are German. They're all of them are straight German. German. The the yeah. one that mm-hmm. was um actually from a line of brewers was Frederick Miller. So he was out of all of them. He was the only one that was like he had a background in brewing. The other ones kind of either married into it or learned about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so like around this time in 1915, they were calling this Kaiser brew. They were literally saying like this is freaking like Nazi nazi drink like you don't drink beer basically um yeah they fucking hated these guys and then it made it even worse for them once prohibition hit in the 1920s so prohibition hits and then breweries start making stuff other than beer so to stay alive Mm -hmm. uh breweries like pabst anheuser-busch and miller high life they all started making um stuff like cabinets and they started making malt syrup they started making like weird old school shit like cornstarch and malted milk mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. like um they actually start started making malt extract and what they did was basically give people a home brewing kit they were like okay here's mm-hmm. some malt extract whatever you do don't combine this with boiling water and don't combine it with this and definitely don't store it in a dark room for this amount of time. <laughs> You're going to make a substance that is illegal and blah, blah, blah. So, like, they were oh, yeah. under the table, like, in their own legal mm-hmm. way, selling beer to people, like, in a weird way, yep. you know? 
so at this time, people are literally at home making their own beer. So this could have been the beginning start for a lot of craft breweries later on. Um, but it was kind of sad because because of prohibition, a lot of the smaller ale houses and craft breweries actually closed down because they didn't have the clientele that they usually had before. Mm-hmm. One. And these were also ones that were like hanging on by a shoestring, like barely trying to survive. Like imagine if you had started a brewery in 1915, you know, and five years later in 1920, fucking they just tell you all alcohol is illegal and you can't sell anymore. Like Damn. you're you're out of business. Six. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So um, one half of uh, one. OK, so then check this out. So then they, they started getting legal about it. They're like, okay, well, what can we sell that has beer and alcohol in it? What can we sell? Well, there was this loophole or whatever that says they could sell half, one half of 1%, which is 0.5 of beer in their cans. So they started mm-hmm. coming out Not with this bad. thing called near beer. Near okay? beer. So, um, and everybody, the consensus is everybody fucking hates this shit. It's <laughs> terrible. Nobody wants near beer. It doesn't even taste like beer. It's nothing even near. Um, so Anheuser-Busch comes out with Bevo. And Miller comes out with their version called Vivo. And oh, then wow. Pop, pa- Pabst, Pabst comes out with their version called Pablo. <laughs> <laughs> Pablo? Really? Yeah, standing for Pabst Low. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah, so, I mean, they're trying every trick in the marketing book to try to fucking, Mm -hmm. you know, turn it around and make it, you know, cool or whatever, you know? Yeah. Um, So, whatever. This is all happening in the 1920s, and then 1921 happens. Near 300 gallons, um, April 7th of near beer are brewed. Um and still, everybody everybody hates it. In April 7th, 1933, um, Roosevelt signed uh, Prohibition out. So he ended Prohibition, and now the game's back on, right? Uh, it's a pretty, pretty wise decision. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously, like, dude, America and beer go hand in hand, bro. Yep. Oh, we have a drunk do. history. <laughs> if you will. Like, London has dry gin, you know, like, every place kind of has, every nation kind of has their alcoholic beverage mm -hmm, that they mm -hmm. grew up with. Yeah. Yeah, Ours is beer. Ours is beer. Definitely, from the beginning. France is probably like wine. From the time of uh, the Mayflower, when they brought over beer. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Um, So, this is the interesting part. So, then this goes into um, 1920, or 1933, right? After this, canned beer starts arriving so check this out yeah because they were bringing ground so but the thing is is this cans actually existed around the 1600s already they already had the technology to can things but Mm -hmm. the difference was um the cans and the tin that they would use they had to worry about carbonation exploding the cans Mm -hmm. because they Mm -hmm. they didn't seal them properly enough and then on top of that it would taste like metal so what happened now is they were able to line thicker pieces of metal. So now they're doing a thicker, higher end grade of metal around the cans. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then now they're lining it with the wax coating to preserve oh, okay. the flavor. That makes sense. And now they're able to um, to basically can beer. Uh, this is the 19th century. Um, and then basically in 1935, Kruger Brewing was the first to put out beer in a can. 
1935, this is close to World War II. Is that Kruger? Or like... Yeah, Kruger was another um, type of uh, brewery. They were another oh, brewery. Okay, okay. So, I mean, dude, at this time, there was like Ham's Beer. It sounded like well, uh, one of the, like all their marketing sounded different. Like we we got a tidbit. Here's here's Ham's right now. Check it out. Mm-hmm. This is when they use cartoons. So, I mean, like, this is like... Oh, shit, careful there, buddy. Yeah, no, this is like... (laughs) This is back in the day when... (laughs) Your your headphones are almost out of battery. Um, When literally they could use cartoons to advertise beer. Mm-hmm. They were using mm-hmm. at cartoons all the time to advertise beer, crew, yeah. like all this stuff. So, um, but kind of going back to World War II, um, World War II pretty much kicked off canned beer because World War II, they were used to getting their supply packs, right? Mm-hmm. So like all the army people would get all their beer or, or all their food and stuff like that in cans. So the next thing was beer. So, like, the army started ordering beer by the packs Mm -hmm, from mm -hmm. places like Kruger and then eventually, you know, Anheuser-Busch. All this stuff started happening. Um, And then in 1962, a Pittsburgh company, they came out with a pool tab where, like, basically what we have today is a pool tab, you know. So, the the canned beer, you had to, like, open it with a can opener back in the day (laughs) dang it's it's almost like a shotgun yeah so like that's how that's probably where shotgunning came from that's pretty you know if you think about it because you literally had to open it with the can opener yeah until 1962 okay so i'm gonna kind of go on off on a segment now and this will kind of bring us back to um budweiser kind of we started off with budweiser but bringing it back budweiser is now at 1962 around this time they are the number one in beer sales right now really? because right since now. since 19 since think about it since the 1600s they they've been around and they were brewing beer he remember he's the one that married that um the barmaid whose dad was the owner of the brewery and then had a bunch of ideas to come out mm-hmm. with That's this right. so like around this time 1960s like advertisements are going crazy this is once upon a time in hollywood time you know what i'm saying like um they're they're advertising with cartoons they're advertising on the radio they're advertising all over the place and budweiser is the one that's in 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 the head of the game around 1973 the first beer um they're the first in that in 18 i'm sorry not 1973 in 1873 they were actually the first ones to bottle beer they were the first brewery ever to bottle bottle beer um in 1995, uh, I mean, um, 85? 1895, sorry. I, I wrote 1995. I'm like, yeah, I was born. <laughs> that's not right. Yeah, no, in 1895, uh, they had the auto glass blower created. So then that's when they were able to more economically produce glass bottles for brewing to ship in trains and stuff like that. Check this out. In 1887... 
Anheuser-Busch was so big, they started a subsidiary company called the Manufacturing Railway Company to produce railway cars that had to be cold the whole way. So they would deliver ice-cold beer across the nation. So the only way to do this back in the days, because they didn't have refrigeration systems, they would literally have to go and pick, like, have spots along the route where where they would replenish the ice in the cars. So like they they like systematically figured this shit out where Mm -hmm. each Mm -hmm. car would be refilled with ice and you had cold beer literally the whole way. And it just takes up. It uh, wasn't course. Yeah, it was Anheuser Busch (laughs) that originally came out with that. That's cool. I mean, all it comes down to is just the timing of it and having to travel for far distances. I mean, and just think about how hard it was in 1987 to get ice. 1987? 1887. I keep messing up the years. (laughs) <laughs> it's not the 1900s. It's, it's the 18. This is kind of going 18s. backwards a little bit because we're diving deep into like Anheuser Busch's, but like, uh, kind of going back on the refrigeration methods and shit back in the day. It's crazy because to make certain beers like um, Pilsners and stuff like that, you had to keep them at a way lower temperature. You had right. to go to like 30 degrees Fahrenheit, and the way they were able to do this was. In Milwaukee and stuff, they literally carve out the mountains. So you'd have all the all the um, kegs where they stored the beer, where they would ferment and stuff. When they were fermenting, they had to be under a, a certain temperature to get the right flavor, the, mm-hmm. the light, crisp flavor. That's mm-hmm. because of the temperature. So the only way they were able to do this was literally to blow up fucking, like, caves and yeah. literally make that their area to brew beer. So, like, way before breweries had refrigeration and stuff, mm-hmm. they were brewing beers and, and keeping storing it in caves. Fucking crazy. Yeah. I mean, you know? that's natural refrigeration. Who knows yeah. what they found out? <laughs> who, who knows how many people died trying to do those, like, <laughs> trying to make those caves, dude, for reals? It's I mean, crazy. It's a, do you think that's why profession? they call it the beer cave? Maybe in some in certain liquor stores, maybe just like, yeah, you know? maybe that's where <laughs> yeah. the beer cave may, might have yeah. come from. Yeah. Is the beer liter- originally yeah. they had to have a cave to store the beer that might be, and it was cold. Yeah, it was exactly. super cold. So super it's cold, a place no where, you sunlight. Know, keep it refriger- refrigerated. I mean, eh, there's lights in the beer caves on our local liquor stores. I guess <laughs> back then it was probably fucking oil lamps and shit. Yeah. And then All right, shit that let's move forward. 18, <laughs> yeah, in 1876, Budweiser came out with their Pilsner. That's what we're drinking today. Yep. Um, try, okay, so this is the craziest part. You know, this guy was a really good business guy. He learned how to um, market his product well. His whole idea and his kind of um, mission statement was for every American to fall in love with beer, with his beer. And the way one of one of his things he wanted to do was travel the country in one of these refrigerated cars. Okay, (laughs) one of the first ones. Yes. And literally he would go and talk about the beer and he handed out not beer, but a bunch of pocket knives with corkscrews on them with the Anheuser-Busch logo. Mm -hmm. By the way, the reason it's called Anheuser-Busch is because um, Adolphus Bush, that's his last name. His girlfriend's name or his wife that he ended up marrying, her last name was Anheuser. So that's why it's Anheuser-Busch. It's both a combination of both their last names together. That's beautiful. It's like their own baby. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) 
And then um, in 1900, one million annually. So like, they were brewing a uh, one million gallons or barrels annually in wow. 1900. Okay, versus, and then okay, so th- this was in the 1900s. This is when officially, like all these breweries became industry. That's what created an industry of beer. Yeah. Now we have railroad road cars. We have a way to transport beer cold. Mm-hmm. We have a way to store beer now. We have a way to do all these different things. And that's where industry started because of the innovations that Anheuser-Busch made. So um, around this time too, Schlitz was pretty upcoming and Bush were in the same kind of tally mark. Now it's kind of crazy because Schlitz is no longer around. You know what I'm saying? But TV ads are going crazy. Now you have stuff with Budweiser uh, like this. Friend of the crown. Dilly dilly. And this this came from original like marketing stuff way back in the days, dude. So like it's crazy how all of it comes to be. And then um, this also adds the kind of the marriage between the beer industry and the sports industry mm-hmm. because you have uh, bars now yeah. and if you put a TV in there you have uh, someone watching the game and now you can enjoy your yeah. beers yeah, while you're watching the, other, the game and guess what yeah. Bud Light is sponsoring this game so guess what <laughs> you're drinking next a Bud Light you know what I'm <laughs> oh, saying yeah. so it was a mm-hmm. way to market their beer and get their beer inside the bar get their name on the TV inside the bar yeah. that's why we see Every time when we watch sports, we see beer commercials because they know they're playing this game in the bar somewhere. Yeah, exactly. So it's right, the product's right there. And then yeah. this also started the um, the old tradition of making like characters, like the Ham's Bear for beer, like these kind of characters. But around the 1960s and stuff, this was acceptable until the 1970s when they were like, "Hey, man, why are you using cartoons to market?" an alcoholic beverage that kids can't drink so that's when people started becoming more aware of that i guess in that context but you know it is what it is (laughs) (laughs) um so late 1960s that's when we get this get a bunch of cowboys just dancing around Good old time. American. It was like a straight Good YMCA. Time. <laughs> Damn, this is like very Americana. Oh yeah, it's just like the commercial kind of reminded me of Thelma uh, Louise, like mm-hmm. just being in the Americana. <laughs> this gave me a like um, sweet home Alabama. Yeah, cause think about it, dude. Like this is like the Midwest. This is Milwaukee, bro. Like yeah. this mm-hmm. is the they love country music. They love that shit. You know what I'm saying? I will advocate. Nothing like NASCO beer. NASCO beer in my hand. <laughs> All right, let's let's open the high life then. Cool. It's Miller time. It's Miller time. It's Turbo time. <laughs> <laughs> so, um. The next two years from the 1960s, um, this is when they started their whole catalog for it's the champagne of beers. You know what I'm saying? I will say this now. This is actually my favorite of the three. Me too. Are you ready to try it? I do like, honestly, they did kind of um, reinvigorate or rebrand Pabst um, in the past five years, but 
there's nothing like the Miller Missile, baby. Yep. Nice 40 on a on a hot summer's day. Hell yes. There you go. There it is. Thank you. Thank you. So, okay. So this is kind of leading us in. We're getting in there. Cheers. 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 You guys enjoying this history lesson? This is yeah. the <laughs> I mean. You're talking about beer, not something I'm not really interested in. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's just. Yeah. You know, I'm definitely I only interested. had that habit of, you know, I wish they taught it. this like at school, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, I went they to They actually, well, I mean, they taught us prohibition, but they didn't really go into depth about, you know. I mean, just think about it. These guys came with, except for, you know, Frederick Miller. Mm-hmm. These guys came with scratch. Yeah. And then they fucking created empires mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. beer. Mm-hmm. That's tight. Like, not only that, but think about this. Think about how many families got fed because of their breweries, because of, you know, their operations and everything Mm -hmm. that they created. Like, it created jobs. It created, um, this was a big part of the Industrial Revolution in the 1900s, too, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Definitely. definitely. So, this is like 1970s where they do Miller time. Miller time. Now, Miller's up in front. They're 29%. Ahead of the other beers for the next two years. Okay. Mm. And this is kind of like, this is kind of bringing us now to today, local beers um, and light beers. So now we know that we can make a great tasting beer, but somebody, you know, people out there for women or whatever, or just somebody, well, they always tried to do light beers, but they always said like, oh, no man's going to drink you know, a light beer. Mm. Well, a beer's a beer. Guess what? <laughs> Miller High Life came out with light, L I T E, right? It's mm-hmm. still to this mm-hmm. day, you see yep. the white can with the yeah. light. And um, their slogan is uh, taste great, less filling. Pretty mm. good slogan. Pretty good. Pretty good slogan. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And less not filling. not making it girly or anything like that. They wanted to make it a little machismo, a little bit more. You know, yeah, um, more in touch with the audience for yeah. the yeah. business. You know what I'm saying? Speaking to it, but the difference was is now Budweiser <coughs> saw, saw an opportunity in their marketing and tried to cut in on it because um, Miller never put their name into light beer. They just called it light. Oh, okay. Right. Mm-hmm. So at the end of it, it was called, it was like light beer by Miller. They never mm. actually put their huh. name into it. That's crazy. It's like as so doing maybe maybe as. because they thought it wouldn't hit and they would, didn't want to associate the, their name with it if it ended up going under. That's yeah. the way I, I think about it. But obviously it ended up still being a success. Um, but Budweiser took advantage of this and, and came up with their own version, Bud Light. Dilly dilly. Very, yeah, <laughs> very straightforward. <laughs> Friend of the crown. Dilly dilly. Dilly dilly. Dilly dilly. dilly, dilly. And now they're literally, they've been up in front since 1982, and they haven't stopped being the best light beer out there. I mean, me personally, I like height. H-I-T-E, which is actually a Korean beer. It's a Korean company that makes Mm -hmm. that beer, but they advertise it as a Swedish like really? or no actually like yeah it's like swedish it's like so it's like uh, barring swedish culture yeah it's weird sense. it's like it's, it's like Korean german company. and sweet it's like german it's like a german girl but it's like it also looks like swedish i don't know man it's weird <laughs> um, i would say maybe it's german but you know 
it, it really has a lot of like winter vibes. Uh, that's why right. I would say it's like Switzerland, yeah, or like Holland, oh, some some kind of shit like that. It that's just has those colors mm-hmm. associated with it. Yeah, that's probably why they did that. If you, you ever if you that. ever go to a Korean barbecue spot, they have height yeah. there for sure. Try oh, it out; it's okay. pretty good. Yeah. Um, okay. Nineteen seventies. Um, what did I put? No craft beer. Fritz Maytag, Anchor Brewing. Okay. Nearly okay in the 1970s, <laughs> there's nearly no craft beer because companies like these Miller High Life, Pabst, and Budweiser were taking the fucking reins on mm-hmm. the nation. Mm-hmm. They had that shit on lock. Rolling Rock, too. Didn't mention oh. Rolling Rock, that's one of my favorites. Yeah. Rolling Rock is probably out of this, this, um, out of the value pack, <laughs> out of the value packs of beers. <laughs> Rolling Rock is definitely my favorite, hands down, because they have glass lined. Um, fermentation tanks. Oh, okay. So it tastes different. It tastes mm-hmm. cleaner. I don't know. And they use really clean water too. That's aside the point. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot of the ingredients they you know that's what makes it successful. Yeah. So I mean, around that time, 1970s, there's nearly no craft beer available on hand. Oh. Um, and in 1960s, this is kind of bringing it back a little bit before, and this was kind of like going on in the background while all these big guys. Um, like these three brewing companies that we talked about earlier kind of have the forefront of the beer um, market. In the back, Fritz Maytag purchased Anchor Brewing in San Francisco. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. This was only... The reason I'm talking about this specifically is because this was what was in the History Channel documentary. There's probably a lot of other small craft breweries that are starting around this time too Mm -hmm. that are doing it. Um, But... This was specifically, like, this was where it took it. But Fritz Maytag purchased Anchor Brewing in San Francisco because they were about to go out of business because all the big guys were in the forefront. And then what he started doing was he started making seasonal beers. So, like, porters. And then he made a Christmas beer. He made a pale ale. He made a small beer. And his whole idea behind it was integrity. He wanted to go for quality. He wasn't going for the generic, um, you know malts and rices and stuff like that that miller was using or paps was using or budweiser using they were using the kirkland shit Mm -hmm. and he Mm -hmm. was going for the gelson's you know what i'm saying (laughs) he was going for the higher end the whole foods if you will of ingredients he Mm -hmm. was going for the more robust ingredients the ones that he knew uh, you know, took a little bit longer to make and costed a little bit more and maybe was a little harder process to get. But yeah. the reason he got them was because of flavor, the craft of yeah. it, gentlemen. Yeah, they wanted craft. to expand their horizons. Oh, yeah, wanted definitely. to see, like, what other ingredients would be best for beers or, you know, being completely experimental. Mm-hmm. Not just the to- uh, the go-to. And he did say that. something like that. The the yeah. um, Because he was obviously, when, when this documentary oh, was shot... Fritz Maytag um, actually was on the documentary and he spoke uh, to it and he said, you know, I think of myself, I mean, obviously I'm not a chef. He's like, but we do what chefs do. Like we come up with recipes mm-hmm. and we will come out with a couple barrels of the like, you know, of this like couple uh, t- like maybe like, you know, a thousand barrels of this a thousand barrels of that. And that's, you know, that's it. And that's all we do for that run, you know. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, behind behind them, or, like, I would say next to them, I mean, there's companies like Goose Island, Chim- Chimay, mm-hmm. um, there's Dogfish Head, and 
there's basically all these kind of grandfathers of the microbrew. Yeah. Until um, I believe what made it legal was Carpenter, Jimmy Carpenter, and this is going off of. I'm not no longer reading notes, people. Okay, this is off my own brain. Um, Jimmy Carter actually signed a bill that allowed people to brew beer at home yeah. in larger quantities, and this was the start of the micro beer revolution. Oh, well, that, nice. that so kind of every, makes sense yeah. because his, his family were essentially farmers. Peanut yeah, farmers. Coming, yeah, I like so how you call him Jimmy background. Carpenter, and then you yeah. like, <laughs> Jimmy Carter. <laughs> Jimmy Carter. I, I didn't want to say anything. I want to see if you caught it yourself. Yeah, yeah you're you not wrong. I went, he is one. a carpenter. <laughs> He's a carpenter. Maybe that's why. I just yeah. associated Carter and Carpenter. He's a carpenter Carter. He's President a carpenting Carter. Carter. Of peanuts. <laughs> of peanuts. Of peanuts. <laughs> of peanut town. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, dude, fucking after he signed that, it was basically no holds bar for craft beer. Um, yeah. And most recently... Beer has taken a hit in the market because of what did we say it was? Prohibition? What? No. Like recently. Oh recently? Yeah. I see if you remember this. Because of white don't. claws. <laughs> ah, because of the hard seltzers? Yes. Okay. <laughs> so hard seltzers actually took yeah. out the market for a while, but now mm. craft beer is slowly building itself back. Um I think in 2017, there was over like 9,000 microbreweries in the U.S. or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, obviously, you know where we're at today with craft beer. Yeah. Even some of the craft beers, uh, the brewers are actually making their own hard seltzers, you know, just keep it yeah. up to the market and stuff. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I think mean, no knock on them, but, you know, it's, it's a trend, you know. It, it is trend, but it also it's also bringing all types of types of um you know beverages yeah you're not right uh, i mean you're not wrong <laughs> <laughs> but i mean it's definitely another version of a, a different type of beer you know mm-hmm. even though i don't really consider it as beer <laughs> uh, i mean it, it technically is it technically doesn't yeah, it technically is, it, the taste of it is definitely different and you know to some people it's too sweet yeah to other people it's just not you know it's not, not as good yeah it's not as good well i mean <laughs> that's the whole thing is before this time we didn't really have cho- a choice like nobody had a choice like before it was like you know these three beers that's it you got pabst budweiser high life that's it yeah and, those and then now Americans, we're going into yeah. breweries and craft houses where we have over fucking 100 beers on tap mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying so yep. like that's the biggest change I feel that came out of, you know, obviously the craft brew scene and making that it gave people a choice of what they wanted to drink versus having, you know, fucking Budweiser all the time. Yeah. Or okay, having, variety. you know, mm-hmm. and, and honestly, now knowing the history, it kind of explains to me why a lot of the older generation still drink just one type of beer yes. but like what they always grew up with and then you know, they drink oh, yeah, just definitely. Budweiser just they that. drink just Pabst Blue Ribbon yeah why because that's all they before knew. craft beer that's all they knew that's yeah. what their generation had you know mm-hmm. like it was like okay what what do you pres- what do you subscribe to mm-hmm. Pacificos mm-hmm. or Coronas or Modelos yeah. yeah you know I mean there's some people like I mean our age that just drink like uh whatever their dad drinks you know yeah it's a generational thing like yeah i drink the same beers as like my parents or you know my uh aunts and uncles or you know whenever i go to a family party it's like that's what you grew up like surrounding yourself with and then when you come to age 
I'm not gonna say what age. And you drink it, you're just like, okay, that's that's what I uh, was exposed to, you know? Yeah, no, yeah, definitely. And then I feel I like after that age comes another age where it's like, okay, I already know drinking. If you are a fan of drinking, there are people that are just like, I don't drink, that's it. Yeah. yeah but yeah. if you do like drinking, you know, you start to figure out what you like to drink. Yeah. And I feel this is where craft really comes into the the playing field because now you're able to see, okay, do I like stouts more versus a uh you know uh aged barrel ale? Mm. Do I like a pilsner over a Kolsch? Yeah. You know, very similar tasting beers, but they have their subtleties and differences. And you won't know until you actually start trying them and trying them out. I mean, on this on this podcast alone, we've tried over multiply seventy five by two. We've tried over three hundred beers. We've tried over basically. Well, yeah. actually, there's been some episodes that um we had more than two. Yeah. But I would say like uh mm-hmm. uh yeah, your answer is um one hundred fifty. Yeah, about one hundred fifty. Yeah, seventy five times two. But uh, I would say like safely like one hundred sixty. Yeah, okay. for sure, for sure. Um, <laughs> and that that's pretty good because that actually exposes both of you to like all different types of variety yeah. and all types of flavors and which ones do you I like? I mean, that's honestly why why we love doing it. It's because you know, I mean, even before us doing the podcast, we were already getting craft beer. Yeah, we were. Mm-hmm. So it was just like, dude, check it check was... this beer out. It was like Pokemon cards. It was like, yeah, check this out. You want to trade? Like, I mean, you know, just last night I was talking to one of my friends and I haven't seen him in a while. And all we do is just like talk about like craft beers and like, oh, did you try this or did you try that? Or uh, did you go to the Stone Brewery like on Venice and, you know, mm-hmm. try like all this type of beer? Like, did you taste a sticky monkey? That's, yeah. <laughs> that's what I said. And, you know, like we went back and forth and eventually I uh oh well, we got a beer that's coming up next that I, uh it got recommended okay and it's pretty mm-hmm. cool yeah i was gonna yeah. say we should do one of each of the variety and then do that one you want to do the variety yeah i think you know a good idea. kind of just to kind of give it like this is like the old school set but before we move into the next set of beers because we are going to do more beers here people mm-hmm. um <laughs> what are you guys' opinions on these three now knowing kind of the flavor profile i Honestly, I have a fair ranking of yeah. an idea of like what I like best to like least. <laughs> I want to know the guess. I want to know the guess. What do you think, man? What are you thinking on these three beers? Um, this is this is just um my flavoring and what I perceived as delicious. Yeah. Um, it it seemed like each one I was having was just gradually better and better and better and just had a different subtleties, like you said, but mm-hmm. also a different crisp. But if I was able to list these just based on my, you know, preference. I would say it was the Pabst, mm-hmm. the Budweiser, and then at the end, uh, Miller High Life. Oh, dang. So uh, you like Pabst the most? <laughs> or you like Miller oh, the, the most? Oh, the, 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 the reverse of it, yeah. So uh, I, I guess from least it will be the Pabst, and then better than okay. that will be Budweiser, and then finish it off with uh, Miller as being the best. See, now that I've tried all of them back-to-back, I noticed as soon as I started drinking the Miller, I started burping a lot more. Yeah. Like, it's a lot gassier than the other ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's more um, carbonated. I, I do like Budweiser, but now kind of trying these three right now, I would kind of put Pabst in the forefront, just because okay. I feel it is a little bit... It has that piney... That weird little like hoppy piney taste that was a little different than the the Budweiser and and uh, High Life. Yeah. You know. What about yeah. you, Serge? I'm gonna go grab I the mean, other ones while you go. I, I think I'm gonna agree with Daniel. 
just with the ranking because I felt like okay, I haven't tried uh, these two beers in a while. Uh, I forgot how good fucking Budweiser is. Yeah, dude. I and mean, then uh, mm -hmm. PBR is pretty cool. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't like go out of my way to like get a uh, a blue ribbon or whatnot. But I mean, if someone would just hand it to me. I'm just gonna fucking drink it, you know. It's yeah. like it's not uh -huh. a bad beer. It's just like uh, I don't know. It's just like there's better beers. You know? No, I mean, it's <laughs> not to shit on it. It's still good though. No, it's it's definitely it definitely changed my perception because yeah. you, usually when you know you know, you go to the party and you don't want to spend a lot of money, mm -hmm. these are the kind of beers that people like go towards. Yeah. And you know, they're whatever beer pong, um, rage cage, you know, all types of beers yeah. and all types of games. <laughs> That's a good point. Um, you would automatically choose these because oh, like they're cheaper than you know some of the other big brands um, yeah. that we have now. Definitely. And then we have a couple, couple of the ones that we're going to be promoting beers. for today. <laughs> Can't wait to try yeah. those. And let's get some coasters on those bad boys so that way they don't make marks. Yeah. Um, but so what are we doing? We sample each one. Yeah, let's go with uh, which one do you want to try first? Uh, honestly, right I've here. been looking forward to the mango one. The mango one? Yeah. Well, uh, no, not so the mango one. The no. pineapple one. Let's put this right here. So that way. Yeah, the pineapple, the one that you showed me earlier. Okay, let's do the pineapple one. I'm going to show the audience. There it is. The pineapple uh, That's the one I haven't tried. I that tried is. all the ones that were there. This is the Stash House. Pineapple Stash House. Pineapple IPA with cryo hops. That's so this is the um, new cryogenic process that they're using on hops. And basically right after... Um, Harvesting them, they they freeze them. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So then they put those frozen hops into the into the mash, and um, they create this. Look at they that. create this beer, um, Simcoe Cryo hops from Secret Stash, combined with real pineapple puree, oh, create okay. this real tropical pineapple. delight of pineapple haze. This is six point seven. Oh. So let's go ahead and. That actually sounds pretty bad. good. And uh, fun fact about pineapple: apparently. Uh, the English language and Spanish are the only languages that describe pineapple with the letter P. Really? Everything really? else is a nana. And mm -hmm. uh, I found this out because my girlfriend likes to play the song, um, Ananas, uh -huh. and it's French. And she was like, hey, did you know about this? I was like, no, I, di I didn't know that. I, I kind of was That's dope. out of it. But um, as far as like not agreeing with her. But yeah, <laughs> lo and behold, uh, <laughs> it, it actually is. I'm gonna give you some of mine too because cool. uh, I probably like. Yeah, I see that. <laughs> but yeah, a little fun fact, and uh, that's cool. I didn't know that. Pretty cool, cause. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, cheers, cheers. That's what I'm talking about. Reminds me of SpongeBob SquarePants and yep. Pineapple House. It has that uh, vibe. Mmm. Okay. Oh, refreshing. Wow. It is. It's like I'm on a trip to Hawaii, just. On the sandy bi beaches. I on a like sandy a bitch, he says. <laughs> <laughs> sandy bitch. It's almost like, like when I taste it, I'm like, am I drinking a pina colada? And then I was like, oh, yeah, it <laughs> does give that vibe at first. Like, like yeah. that, that forefront taste. That's what it gives. The me very, vibe. very beginning yeah. of it when it's because right now it's so cold, like this shit's fucking really yeah. cold. Yeah, it is. And you got to have beer. When you got a little bit of that pineapple and almost I want to say a little bit of coconut, too, but. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's just that yeah. just goes in there because you're you're used to tasting pineapple and coconut yeah. together. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it did have that tropical yeah. flavoring that I really did like. It's definitely puree, like off the nose. 
It smells more like pineapple than tasting like it. Yeah, I smell that too. It's a, it. it's definitely a piney pineapple. Just very refreshing. It is. I think it's uh well, it's a pretty good guess, but it's the Cairo uh, hops. <laughs> you know, it just keeps things refreshing. Mm -hmm. Now thinking about what we talked about, like this was kind of like the American history of beer, but mm -hmm. I bet. You know, the history of beer in, you know, the UK is a lot different yeah. mm -hmm. than mm -hmm. what we have. You know? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, in my research, like, I learned a lot, like, the, the Egyptians and, you know, just like the um, Mesopotamia times. Uh, like you said, Manny, that's when, like, beer was actually, like, invented and stuff. Mm -hmm. And the Egyptians actually uh, did have a goddess of fucking beer. <laughs> no way. Yeah. Um, I just got the name for it. And no way. If we start a brewery, you know we're calling it that. Is it Ninacasa? Uh, I think it is. It starts with an N. Because <laughs> <laughs> there is a Ninacasa Brewing Company. Wait, Ninica really? uh, yeah. Wait. That's ca that, and I don't think it is. It'd be even more funny if they were Egyptian. Yeah, but well, it was technically the god of beer, wine, and you know everything. Oh, okay. Dionysus. That's the Greek. That was the Greek god. No, I said it was. A single Dionysus type clearly wasn't in. Oh, wait, wait, what was the name? Uh, what the fuck? I have the name right here. <laughs> it is. It started with an N. I swear to you, it started with an N. Oh, Nymphithis. 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 That doesn't sound so good on a beer can. Uh, <laughs> God, not really. It sounds sinister and kind of dirty in some sense. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. This reminds me of that Indiana Jones kind of ride. <laughs> With a cobra just like sounds like a disease. At you. <laughs> oh, don't touch that! You'll cast nymphedith. <laughs> <laughs> you only get it when you drink beer. <laughs> <laughs> no, check this out. This is actually an interesting fact that I learned while I was looking it up too. Um, back in the days, water um, was actually more contaminated than beer. Oh yeah, I was oh, gonna yeah, make a point. Uh, definitely in the dark ages, you know, a lot of people would just yeah drink so, a lot of wine. So people yeah. that were drinking well beer and ale specifically were not getting diseases and nobody knew why because they didn't know that the process of boiling water cleared out all the disease yeah it cleared out all those mm -hmm. pathogens mm -hmm. so uh the water that, um the water that they got like down the lake or whatever was less healthier than uh beer oh, and yeah, actually beer was much <laughs> much healthier considering yeah. those times mm -hmm. and yeah so like, like literally people yeah. were people were able to survive because of beer thank god to me i mean Alcohol is a solution. So, <laughs> <laughs> so there you go, people. You ever yeah. run out of water in the apocalypse? Drink beer. Drink beer. <laughs> it's technically yeah. still water, especially Bud Light. But <laughs> and uh, that's why you don't see people on Game of Thrones drinking uh, water. Yeah, <laughs> drinking wine. You drink and you know things. You drink and you know things. You drink. Yeah. That's that's, a, that's, that should that's be a our great slogan. Quote. That's our that's our slogan uh, on the, Tyrion. On the uh, podcast. <laughs> that wise little man. Do you see that new a thing that's gonna be in? Crino or Crino? So, so, yeah, it's like a musical. I don't know. It seems alright. We'll see. We'll see. He's good in old medieval stuff like Actually, that. Actually, he's, he's oh, pretty okay. good in everything he's in, you know. But oh, that one's good. It which one you guys want to do next? Uh, uh, I guess that one. <laughs> which one? Which one's the one? The black one? The mango stash. The mango stash. Oh. Mm. Little mango for you. All right, we're going to go ahead and try the mango stash now. We've done the bubble stash, I think, before on the podcast. It was our first one. 
It was our first beer that we had in the podcast. What? Yeah. One of the first ones? Yeah, it was literally the first beer. And the first episode, we had um, Bubble Stash. Oh. That was literally our first beer. So, you know, coming back around. Yeah, baby. Oh, this is good. You can smell the fruitiness off of it. It's creamy, too. It looks... And these are all IPAs, by the way. These are all different variation and IPAs. Yeah. These are these are actually really good because usually IPAs, I, I can't. It's just not my flavor, unfortunately. Like okay. I, I know I'll drink it because it has a higher alcohol content. Yeah. But I mean, the taste of it, the hoppiness, is just you know, it's one of those things where I like I thought I was going mean, into it. That's Check another. This out. That's another thing to talk about the history of when um, they started incorporating hops into oh. beers. You know about that? Uh, I know something about that. Um, <laughs> Thank you. You were talking about the history of yeah, the beers. I mean, his research. Uh, just based on my the beer that I watched, like it was um, basically like hops came from like a flower that was called the climbing wolf or something like that, or it translated to the uh, the hanging wolf or something. Huh. And basically, like the hops are like basically the seeds of the of those flowers, so. It was actually like the uh, Europe that started incorporating that stuff. Wow. Oh, okay. You know, and I think like what it's telling me now that it the hops were actually founded in China, and then like I guess people started grabbing like the hops or whatever and started like um, growing it around like Europe and stuff. So you mm-hmm. can't really pinpoint like who started it first, but it was around like uh, three different countries that started like doing that. Huh. You know. Oh. Uh, that's crazy. I, I could be wrong, but that's based on what I remember. I mean, like at some point, some guy was like, "You know what? Fuck! I'm gonna put way more hops in this than I should." <laughs> <laughs> He's like, "I want to get people lit." <laughs> I mean, all things happen by accident. Yeah. Oh yeah. So apparently, hops likely originated in China, but the first documented use was in the eighth century, when Benedictine monks used them for brewing in an Alvarian alley outside of Munich, Germany. So. Uh, Alveria was, um, uh, I guess it was, yeah, it was like a country that, or a region that was one of the first ones to, you know, incorporate the hops into like, mm-hmm. um, into the beers. And it was actually, most of the, uh, most of the places that were brewed were actually monasteries. So it was like monks having to brew, uh, beers with like hops and then they started like, uh, uh, really, like really making that uh, business in their township uh, again, going back to like you know how townships I mean, are being supported. I mean that talk about craft. Like that yeah. shit was a craft that was handed down, you know, ages and ages mm-hmm. of being able to brew beer. Yeah. One of the next ones, the next beer we're about to do after these um, four, is actually very, uh, like down that alley as far as uh, flavor and um, history. Of just like those, mi- almost like a medieval brew, mm-hmm. right? Like the L's and the Meads. Yeah. yeah. If anything, like they're probably older than like. Uh, I would say, are they older than beer, or they're just as old as beer? Because I, I would say, I would older. say they're just as old as beer because when they when they um, figured out fermentation, they knew that you know you could ferment basically anything with sugar in it. Yeah. 
you know, sugar cane, mm-hmm. you know, rum, mm-hmm. bam. Yeah. You know. Yeah, basically alcohol is basically like uh, what sugar and <laughs> uh, and yeast. Yeah. Or is it the yeast that? I mean, it's a really long, complicated <laughs> process depending on what brewery you are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're um, right. I mean, it's gotten down now to one person in a control room with fucking 20 computers or like 20 monitors just like mm-hmm. viewing everything mm-hmm. and so, if, uh, something red starts blinking. Uh-huh. You know, Homer gets up and <laughs> <laughs> runs over, you know. But, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's – look, it, this is the crazy part is we started off with people basically farming – getting grains and stuff like that to be able to produce large amounts of ale, beer, stuff like that. And then as technology started progressing, bless you, the focus was on making the most out of it and also, like, honestly, that's what I feel like was the big goal was to make the most you can. Let's make a lot of it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean the demand was there. The demand was there. The, people mm-hmm. like ever beer. since the beer got invented, just people just wanted more. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. You know, so it was and just like it, oh, another thing to get on. <laughs> word travels fast, especially when back in the day when they only had merchants. And, you know, that's how. It was hey like, man, I, so. I drink this liquid bread. Got <laughs> <laughs> me turnt, bro. I wonder how it, like it got started like a month. Like imagine like an Egyptian like like party. I want to write like a skit like oh dude I got this thing. That just gets you really fucking lit. <laughs> <laughs> really, really, really. Yeah. I don't even know what to call it, man. When we're celebrating, <laughs> we just have it there. And you just got to <laughs> have it. I don't know what it is about it, man. It just makes you feel good, man. <laughs> you know? And that's what they were. It was funny because yeah. they were talking about that in the... Um, this is this right now that I'm opening is the uh, Bubble Stash. This is our first oh. one on the podcast. Oh, shit. This is the um, IPA, just straight mm-hmm. bubble, straight bubbles, straight bubbles. This is, I think, bubble their bubbles. their um, foundation beer. This is like their our stash of mosaic cryo hops, a blend of fruity tropical flavors and a touch of resin to this new age IPA. You won't want to pass this one. This one's a 6.2, baby. 6.2? Okay. Yeah. These are all by Bubble Stash, by the way. We're not, like, trying to... Well, Hop Valley. Like, like the We're not trying to, um, drinks, you know, like, plug them or anything, but... Um, yeah, the, I just got the variety pack for this one. And, and the cool thing about them is they always do a mystery beer in their variety pack. Oh, yeah. So, the mystery beer for this one was the Pineapple Stash. When I had first purchased um, their packs... The mystery beer that came along with it was the mango stash. Yeah. Now I'm trying to think what that third one is because there was four beers in it. Really? It was like this one, this one, and then another one. Mm-hmm. It was like orange or something. And then it was this one. <laughs> and then it came that one. Cheers. 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 Oh, oh man. Ooh. That's so, hit me. Yeah, that hit me. A little bit stronger than 
I'm kind of used to. I think yeah. because now we're like starting to go into the IPA territory, we're starting to feel it a little uh, bit more. Yeah. And mind uh-huh. you, we're only drinking like this much of each yeah. beer. It's, it's, it's you know what I'm saying? Much, so actually. we're trying a little bit of each, but yeah, this is definitely one that. Um, Man, my college days will probably be disappointed in me right now. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> You're trying um, uh, three different beers now. <laughs> I just, I just feel like back in the days, like, dude, imagine drinking a cold-ass beer out of, you know, one of the caves. <laughs> like, when they test it and, like, look at it, like, that, that's, that's what I learned about the, mo- like, history. That's one of the things that I got the most. The, the way you store the beer at what temperature you have it at has a lot to do with the final byproduct of the flavor. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Temperature, you sunlight. Know? Temperature I mean, everything. that all affects the flavor. And then the water has a... Has their own prop kind of. Properties. I wonder if altitude has anything to do with it. Maybe that would be kind of crazy. I would, crazy to I would see probably that. say like it will probably affect the uh, the pressure of it. Well, I mean, like, look, the Same fact thing. that they're able to freeze hops now and put them in so they taste fresher. Mm-hmm. Like, I wonder if you know, what if they do that to all of the ingredients? Yeah. What if they like cryo freeze like? All of their ingredients, a, like their I barley, think it's just their, gonna give it know. a different taste. Uh, it's definitely gonna be refreshing, but it's just gonna. Uh, I don't want to say throw off, but just like kind of off it a little bit from the original taste of beer. Yeah, it beer. interferes with it, and it yeah, it will interfere flavor. from the original For taste a, in a good way or a bad way. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, you never know. But uh, I mean, well, we know the freezing beer. the hops is a good way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good you idea. Know? It was a good idea. It is. <laughs> Oof. It just for me, this tastes really a lot more different than a regular really IPA does. like a Goose Island or anything like that. Yeah, it has more of like a, I don't know what, it's like a brightness. Okay, I, you know I, what I I'm see, saying. I, I see where you're coming from. It's it's not as as dank as a Goose Island. Mm. You know what I'm saying. It's right. brighter. It's a lot. Like, the hops are prevalent, but it's not overbearing. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, um... It definitely makes its presence, though. It's... It, it yeah. Definitely yeah. Like, there's a 120-minute IPA from yes. Dogfish Head. Uh-huh. Usually, you, um... When you boil the mash up, you mm-hmm. boil... It's like the wort. There's difference. There's, the, like, the mash, the wort... There's like a, a bunch of different things, but the the ward I think is what you get after. That's what the byproduct is after you boil it together. So I think the mash is yeah. actually when you boil it. So when you boil it together, you usually do it all together with the hops for 90 minutes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. But what they did was they doubled. They doubled that. Oh, okay. So it, it was 180 minutes. That's what it was. Yeah. It wasn't 120. It was 180. Yeah. I mean, minutes. we've been talking about like how beer was invented, like you know, originated in Europe. Um, but I just want to see like different variations of beer, like say sake, like mm, how that okay. was invented, you know. Well, I mean, could you even say that sake is beer? I mean, it's their okay. version of beer. I would say. I would say it's a type of alcohol. I, I would yeah. say it's a purer form of what essentially they have for. Yeah. Their it's distilled. Drinks. It's. I just yeah. It, I just feel like it's like a, and, and like it's it sort of their version of it, but it's not technically. A beer, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, well, I mean, we do have Japanese beers, though. We have yeah. Kirin, we have 
Um, Sapporo, we have. Sapporo's um, really fucking good. Um, what's another one that? Uh, is that Heim? Um, it started with an A. Uh, uh, you know what I'm talking know. about? Huh? <laughs> I don't know. The, I'm just thinking them. Sapporo, mm-hmm. and then there's definitely Kirin, Ichiban, and then there's another one, but I can't think of it. Yeah, I'm trying to. Because I know there's one that. Uh, Asahi? Mm-hmm. That's Asahi. the one I was thinking about. Asahi. Okay. Asahi. That's good. <laughs> yeah. I like Sapporo. That's my mm-hmm. shit. Yeah, Sapporo's pretty good. Especially and that one, that one, they actually can their beer in steel cans. That's why, like, their tall cans, like, they look, like, all weird kind of shaped. Um. It's steel. And I think the reason that they have thick cans is because of the pressure and the carbonation that's put into the cans, like remember why they didn't can them before, mm-hmm. um, because of the you know the seams would break or whatever. That's why they had to use a higher grade of steel because there's more carbonation in Sapporo's. Oh yeah, definitely. Because yeah, you know whenever you try to keep something cold. What was your first beer, Daniel? My first beer, um, a Corona. Corona. <laughs> Surprisingly enough, yeah, I was. Um, I think my dad and I were at a family party and. Um, I was, oh man, it's probably one of my earliest memories, but I actually tried to try to drink it cause it was just sitting outside on the porch. My dad was doing his own thing and I remember I it tried to do so it, like, refreshing. a quick one. Yeah. I tried to take a little like, quick one. like, what is that? It looks like you're having a good time drinking that. <laughs> oh yeah, man. It was, um, cause I was like, you know, I want to see, I want to be with the adults. He was doing. curious. I was he definitely curious. He wanted to curious. hang out with the adults. I mean, so who was wasn't curious, curious doing. you know? And, uh, I remember I took my first swig i was really fast about it and uh my dad said no you you can't drink it's it actually you know what i i'm sorry i lied he actually let me have a drink just to, <laughs> just, just, to just so he can get it out of the way and i was like young young i mean like maybe like four i think i remember this i feel like i was really really young because i know because i think memories. they talked about it at a family party or something like that and yeah, they said that you like he let you try the beer. Uh huh. He, he did. He and actually happened? did, and um, it tasted disgusting. <laughs> it was the worst thing is the worst He's thing like, I tasted. Why do you drink this? <laughs> and uh, you know, I of course I, I wouldn't know the effects of it until later on in life. This don't taste like Kool Aid. <laughs> <laughs> this this just, just does not taste good. It was like the worst thing I can ever taste in my life at the yeah. time. But I mean, granted, I only had four years on this earth. Really <laughs> tasted some good stuff. Um, but yeah, that that was just some of the earliest memories that I have of um, beer. Yeah, and just did, didn't you say your dad worked? He might have worked at the brewery. Yeah, actually, um, there is a. Th- I, I think it's. Um, I think it's kind of like shut down, um, but it's a Miller High Life, the one that we actually just you know talked about a little while ago. And um, he, probably at the age of 20, 21, um, he worked there, and he loved it because every single week, at the end of the week, they will, like, bring them, like, company will let them take cases and cases of their own beer to, like, you know, have. So, at one point, you know, my dad had a roommate, and they had, like, probably, like, half the room filled with nothing but, like, cases of just Miller High Life. (laughs) Imagine being 21 and having cases and cases of beer at your disposal. (laughs) You are the man. You are that's the where dude. that's where your dad's legacy started. <laughs> <laughs> He's the man with the packs of beer all day. Yeah. 
And did he I, have like friends over that were asking for like, oh, you think you could get like a penny? I, you know what? He, I'm uh, it you know who who <laughs> wouldn't? You know yeah. who wouldn't? Yeah, at if, that point. If, dude, anybody like, like I I've known other people that were obviously now, only if you work at the warehouse do you get packs of beer mm-hmm. back in the days it was just like a fucking free-for-all and <laughs> just like here right you know here's your here's your bonus here's your that bonus was before the, the war on terrorism <laughs> imagine the beginning it was that wasn't your bonus that was your payment <laughs> you know i mean it's like we're starting something but all we can compensate is our product is yeah beer. <laughs> so yes. can you read a little bit on the back of that the cryo yep so oh shit Cheers. 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 So, this basically says Simcone Cairo hops produce a perfectly oh. smooth imperial IPA bursting with okay. tropical flavor and citrus aroma. This is this is actually pretty good. It, it definitely it, This is the strongest one. It, it, it is. You know, I was just about to say um it's it, the most robust out of all of them, for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, it, it feels right. fresher. It was made know. to be that way, I feel. It was made fresher. Uh but it's good. Hell yeah. Makes you feel warm inside. Makes you feel fuzzy. Um, oh, man. Hot Valley is a relatively newer brewery as well. Yeah. So I'm kind of taken back like, fuck, dude. In like this amount of time, they were able to make so many kick-ass beers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, for me, it's the Bubble Stash that's my favorite. Mm-hmm. Crypto, I like it, but... I know it's dangerous. <laughs> this motherfucker will put you to sleep. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If you, don't, if you don't track yourself, yeah. Yeah, back in the day when when I was in the garage, dude, and we had the mini fridge filled with beers all the time, uh-huh. I would be gaming in there, and I'd be hesitant to get the crypto. Yeah. All, or the, 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 cryo, the, the cryo stash all the time because I knew <laughs> if I drink this, this is night-night juice. <laughs> <laughs> this is me getting lit. <laughs> yeah, it's for real. Different type of night. Yeah, yeah. it's it's gonna be different. Um, I like that you can look at a label now and know that. Well, I mean, I can, you know, like because we drank so All many. Right. Like you know, well, I mean, you kind of memorize the con the alcohol content. How how strong each beer yeah. is. You know which one's gonna get you the most, and which was like, all right, I could, I could drink like. Um, I, I wouldn't sip this, but, you know, I would jug this shit, and it'll be fine. <laughs> but yeah. this is this is the more sippable one. This is one. the, ooh, take yourself back, Like, take back, it baby. easy. Now, Pump the brakes. Now, I would, I would say, is it because you guys are choosing it as, like, it has one of the better flavors, or is it because you're associating to memories that you I mean, it's hard enjoyable? because, like, um, something that tastes so good and also, like, the alcohol value is kind of high, you got to be, like, I got to save this for, like, uh, not a special occasion, but the right time. Like, you know? let me tell you this too: when you drink really a lot of high alcohol content beers, I'm talking about eight percenters and up, back to back. Yeah. After the second one, you're gonna get hiccups. You're gonna get. I don't know why. Well, for me personally, I don't get like hiccups. if I if I drink <laughs> higher alcohol content beers back to back, I get hiccups faster. Yeah. I don't know uh, why. I, w- I mean. It's a lot of alcohol value. So it's yeah, like but why does al- more alcohol cause hiccups? Uh, so I don't know. It's just in your stomach process. a little bit different. Maybe. I would it, say that. It's much heavier is what it is. Uh-huh. 
And I mean, also, al- also upset stomach. You'll get an upset stomach if you drink like a lot of heavy, heavy beers back to back. If you drink three or four Goose Islands back to back, you might have the shits. There's nothing holding you back from 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 that situation happening. Other Traveling, than, yeah. you Traveling know, back to the motherland. I try to. Yeah, that's another thing. It's just like you try to keep your subconscious of like the alcohol value because it's like okay well this is a nine percenter so it's like you know it's gonna hit me quick and then you know uh, it's probably a good idea to take it down a notch with the alcohol value on the next one and then take it down a notch but that's just me that's just like me trying to be responsible because sometimes i'm just <laughs> like you know what fuck it and then i just drink like <laughs> high but just try to end the night with something light and i'm just like okay i'm going to sleep <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah definitely uh-huh. you know uh I mean, I, I mean, definitely now learning more and more about beers, you you learn how much alcohol content will affect your experience. Yeah. <laughs> the night, like fucking a, like we didn't like, dude. There's been episodes where we didn't really put into Accounts. consideration or yeah. account the alcohol content. We just went off of like, oh, this is dope artwork. Yeah. <laughs> like this goes along with our podcast, yeah. you know? Or, or yeah, it, it was just like the choice of what went with the podcast and we didn't like, oh, it's 11%. And then what is like, oh, okay. And then what you didn't expect is like, okay, we got an extra beer. So mm-hmm. it's just like, okay, we're really lit. And then we're going on the third one and we're really fucking lit. <laughs> but, uh, we're already lit by the it's second just, one and then just like the third one is just adding it more. It, it just keeps on going higher, <laughs> yeah. higher and higher. You know what? And it's crazy because like, like I said in that documentary was saying like, oh yeah, with beers, you you know, you'll feel a little bit happier. You'll feel like you're having a little bit looser, a little more relaxed and shit yeah. like that. Sorry, it's like, but yeah, when you drink these heavy ones, you could tell like these heavier ones, those will make people mad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're going to find your inner demons. Yeah, <laughs> it's that. definitely a creeper. Definitely but that, a creeper. that's that's the beautiful part about craft, though. You know, it doesn't it doesn't market itself as drink as many of these as you can. It has yeah. a price point of respect this beer. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm yes, saying? Because like, it's the flavor that you're going to remember. And then you're going to tell your friends about it. It's like, oh, have you tried this beer? Yeah. Because it's, uh, this is my favorite Belgian. This is my favorite star or whatnot. And then it's just like. It just becomes like its own category, like each category becomes like, you know, the best of mm-hmm. eventually, you know, when you're talking about beers. Yeah. Especially when it comes to tops, I would say this is like, uh, Bubble Stars would probably be one of the best IPAs. For me, yeah, hands down, one of the most ingenuitive IPAs of all the IPAs to come out, for yeah. sure, because of the cryo hops. Bubble Stash is probably, like, the generic, just kind of, like, you know, this is the bottom line of our of our IPA yeah. for Bubble Stash. This is what That's, an IPA is for us. This is, this yeah. is like, the bar. Yeah, the, exactly. Yeah. This is, like, the bar for us as far as, as uh, IPAs. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then they came out with different variations. Now, you're looking at different other breweries, like, let's say, Samuel Adams, mm-hmm. right? Big domestic intrigue um history as far as you know where it came up and stuff like that marketing i i believe it's a subsidiary of one of these three companies yeah can you find that out Serge? where's who who owns sam adams 
I find out. Um, um, just Adams. speaking about Sam Adams, like when it comes to craft beer and you know being introduced into the mainstream, uh, Samuel Adams was like one of them, along with like uh, uh, Blue Moon. Because I definitely talked to like, Blue Moon older, for me was definitely the cats. introduction into craft beer. Yeah. Um, it's always a good go-to. Yeah. Well, for me, it was like, I really like the flavor of the Belgian whites. I, mm-hmm. I like the, it, it seems like it's almost lower carbonation. It's not, it's just not as loud carbonation. I yeah. don't know. Yeah, you know uh, what I'm saying? I don't know how to properly word that or the terminology, but it's, it feels like it's like the same amount of carbonation, but it doesn't have as much of an impact on you know the experience while you're drinking it like you're not burping or like you know stuff like that you're not like like shock top when i would drink shock top all the time i would burp a lot i would like you know it was just it was almost in a way juice like shock top for me was more like juice blue moon was more of like sip on this like take it easy like take it easy yeah it was much more like the easier beers and then it also incorporated like the taste of like uh something citrusy you know yeah because you would like uh well like an orange the option too and that's how it was marketed to to me when i was growing up it was always like you know garnish always garnish with a you know orange peel Mm -hmm. and when you did garnish it with an orange peel fuck dude it totally changed the flavor like you could pour the whole beer out have a couple swigs, enjoy it like that, and then do the orange rim with the, and then throw the peel inside, and you could instantly see the scientific reaction of you throwing the orange peel in, the citrus activating, yeah. and you having like it just changes the beer. Mm-hmm. It's it's crazy. It's like um, I don't know, I don't know. It's like those menthol <laughs> cigarettes where you break the thing. Yeah, all these <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, camel cigarettes. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah, what yeah, it's yeah. like. It's like it, those were the beers that gave you the option to kind of change the flavor up if you wanted to. Yeah. That's what it was for it, me. Yeah, it was definitely a variety. One of my anything. favorite Blue Moons was a seasonal. Um, I know which one you're talking about. Which one? Which one? We drank it with Jermaine, huh? It was the it was, it was a white like, one. Yeah, it was like a winter one. Yeah, it was a winter. I one. I remember this because like you brought a variety pack, and I guess we were going to Jermaine's, and then. Um, he uh Jermaine didn't try it and then he was like try it bro and then this this beer is so good like it has a kick to it and then we saw his face expression and then he's like the kick <laughs> <laughs> you can tell from his facial reaction yes. when he tasted the yeah. kick really yeah. you saw you know? his eye just like this is fucking it was good. a cinnamon it was this. a cinnamon one and it was a cinnamon one. Only a I think it was a item. fucking I think I want to say no. It was it was, a, it was, it was a, a cinnamon one. one. It was a, I know specifically because we're smoking a blunt, yeah. and I was like, "Look, cinnamon," <laughs> and <laughs> I said, "I'm you. smoking on a cinnamon stick because yeah. it looked like cinnamon." Uh, to answer your question earlier, um, it's owned by James Colt. Well, he was the founder, but Colt Beer, Colt Forty Five. What? No, Colt. And two zigzags. <laughs> I didn't say Colt. <laughs> But apparently Sam Samuel Adams actually acquired Dogfish Head Brewery. Mm. Oh, Dogfish Head yeah. Brewery. For really? uh, three hundred million dollars. Ooh, this is a, this is back this when. Is two, this is three years ago. No, no, this is two years ago. Two years ago? Two. Well, it's about to be three. I'm sorry. It's about to be three. Okay, so yeah, so this I mean, is May 2019. So good. it's like three years from now. Oh, it's All gonna right, go on this third year. Read this one. 
This is the last but not least. Ooh. And this is very fan fancy. Uh, what is this called? Old Rasputin. Old Rasputin. Yeah. Go ahead and read the alcohol content on that. So let's see. Uh, okay. Uh, alcohol volume content is 11.2%. <laughs> so it's going dead. down now, baby. <laughs> Might as well go up. Okay, it's a barrel-aged old Rasputin. It says never say die on it. This is North Coast Brewing Company. You've had old Rasputin if you're in the craft beer industry. Mm -hmm. I feel like this is this is the XIX Stout Aged in Bourbon Barrels. XIX mm -hmm. is... What is that? Ten. Wait. XIX. XIX. Take one away. That's uh, nineteen. Nineteen. Mm -hmm. So this is a nineteen-year-aged beer. Nineteen-year age. Is? Yes. Oh, okay. So usually there's the old Rasputin that's regular, like it is aged, but this is like aged more. It's just been we'll fermenting kind of longer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, the longer the better. You know. <laughs> So let's go. Awaiting. Oh, oh. Awaiting. Oh, oh. Look Here at we this. go. I probably should get like a towel. Yeah. Can you get me a napkin or a towel on on the thing? Perfect. Cool. We got joy. We got joy here. We got joy. Joy's gonna help us out. It's gonna make us feel joy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's definitely a point. Uh, uh, uh. Do we have like a cork? It's really slippery. <laughs> I mean, it's it a, we need a cork pooler. Yeah, yeah, really? Cork pooler? I don't. Just, just think nice really? and just go like. <sighs> that's. <laughs> don't you guys uh, drink wine all the time? <laughs> what? No. Yeah, um, we do. Let me go get the cork. Although I, I, although I do have a buddy who loves wine because he went on a trip to Italy. I want to say he went he oh, went on nice. a trip to Italy uh, for his graduation and he loved wine. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely a uh, go to <laughs> place to go. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's definitely a place to go for you know the type of alcohol that yeah. it reads. Like every country has their own specific alcohol that yeah. they or that they go to. Yeah, that's cool. And yeah, the um uh how do you feel on wine? Are you a wine? I'm I'm just wine? haven't been introduced to it. It's not because I'm not a wine person. Um it's because I just haven't been introduced to it. Although, I'm not going to lie, I went to a Dodger game with a couple of my friends <laughs> and it dude, it's been a while since I actually went to a Dodger game. Dodger games so, are fun. They they actually are and you know, since they kind of incorporated more alcoholic like varieties for like yeah. the stadium definitely. um definitely looked at the prices dude always f freaking always the prices for food are like astronomical like i never go for, for the food dogs. i was going there for the beer <laughs> really the, yeah the bro. beers were just like i mean yeah I like sometimes like, i would go for well actually in the beginning <laughs> dude yeah. it is it's, it's like a regular tall can of like nitsa mango card that's yeah. a different type of alcohol um, um that costs like what 18 bucks Versus if you go to a liquor store, it's like, what, six six bucks at the most? That's, like, ridiculous. But um, I that's actually one of the times that I opted out for wine because it was just a lot cheaper option. It was a cheaper um, cheaper way to, like, you know, get a drink and just kind of enjoy the game. 
you know? um, versus just buying, you know, an overpriced yeah alcoholic like mango cart for instance. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, I, I guess I'll talk about it. Like, um, yeah, why not? I used I used to volunteer to go to the uh, Dodger Stadium by my church, and we will hand out like the merchandise that they have that certain day, and it was pretty cool because like. I mean, we did watch a portion of the game, and also they gave us, like, food vouchers. So, we would just go to, like, fucking Carl's Jr. and get a fucking, like, burger from there. Right. No (laughs) way. And, I mean, we couldn't stay there for long, but we took advantage and, you know, stay there just to have a good time and Mm -hmm. stuff. So, just eat, hang out, and just, you know. That's... After the day, you just uh, uh, go home and, you know. (laughs) But, I mean, when I wasn't, like, uh, doing volunteer, like... uh, we would just go there for fun, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. honestly, like I, I, I didn't, I wasn't paying attention to the game. <laughs> the beer was pretty good. Uh-huh. And I was just having a good time with like, um, uh, with my family, mm-hmm. I guess. And uh, it's definitely a good time because now, like, when I'm, like I started to notice, like the first time I started drinking in Dodger Stadium, like yeah, in Dodger Stadium was uh. They they had Golden Road. And Golden Road was super huge. Golden, on this uh-huh, yeah, yeah. Cheers, cheers, cheers. And now Golden Road actually got acquired by Anheuser Busch. Oh, there you go. Ooh. yeah. Is this type type of beers that we got in trouble with? <laughs> oh, it's it's sweet. It's like it's super black. Sweet. It's like nobody sweet. It tastes like a blackout. It's <laughs> 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 like oh, man, but that's, you know uh, what? I'm not going to cop it out. It has oak. It has almost vanilla coffee. It's, yeah, it's, I, I can definitely taste. I can this see is where right? from the coffee. I have no idea what the ingredients are. But almost mint. Yeah, I could There's like a little mint. bit of mint mm. or menthol in there. It's Yeah, you definitely get like a roast taste coffee-ish. Almost got a velvety taste. That to me, it was definitely like. So when they like make the barrels, Mm-mm. they, Mm-mm. when you make a cask barrel, yeah, you have to put a fire inside of the barrel. Right. A fire. Because what the fire does is it expands the wood, so it shuts. Just, you get me? Just, like Jesse, it. Why do you light up, Jesse? Why do you? Sorry, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought we were lit. <laughs> hey, you know what? Oh, man. It's, I it's, a, it's the Valorant talking. It's all good. It uh, happens when you oh, game. Oh, man. I, I remember playing. I remember getting those, like, rage matches, like, with Modern Warfare 2 on Xbox. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, oh. What the fuck? I was like, dude, calm down. <laughs> dude you're like one kill from getting like uh, a nuke and then you just die and then like, it's like we really yeah. fucking needed that nuke <laughs> fucking a oh, but man. hey you know what this is the, definitely you could taste the fire that went into the barrel from this beer yeah you definitely uh, it definitely has a taste yeah it's definitely yeah I would say like it, it is a like little more required almost taste. Wine, it is fire, like wine almost yeah. like a wine kind of taste it too. does but I mean, I, it's I, like it could be the way that it's presented as well. Maybe I mean, it's barrel aged just as wine, so it's like oh, okay. Well, you're getting the robust quality of the beers whenever we're tasting like a barrel aged. Mm-hmm. The most, I think, the most important quality is the robustness of no, like the barrel aged beers mm-hmm. or anything that's barrel aged. 
technically, like when I say whiskey or wine. You oh know? yeah, definitely because it does have like it does have the properties. That's mm-hmm. a particular way, and you know that's it's crazy because most of the things these things that make it what it is, it's like little things like techniques like that that just set it apart from all the other yeah, kind of like craftsmanship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely, it's definitely craftsmanship. I want to kind of do like a little tid, like tidbit section. A tidbit section. Um, so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One of the tidbits is archaeologists have dated the practice of beer brewing as far as 3500 to 3100 BCE. I read that article. (laughs) That's crazy. Yeah. Really? That's... Ninkasi. Ninkasi. It is Ninkasi. Oh, the the Egyptian goddess that you were talking about. Was worshipped as the goddess of beer. I don't think you pronounced it right. (laughs) And the hymn to Ninkasi was a worship song slash beer recipe oh yes there was a song orally there was a song that it was basically the recipe and it was easy to remember it so that way the bros could remember like oh, what are it you is fucking serious no, that's I'll, fucking I'll find cool it. i'll find it right now and it's it just goes back to how much it dates back on culture just this like, is from um insider.com by the way props yeah. to them for putting this up um Alpha Beta heard brewer Michaela Charles, who, along with beer and wine expert Susan Boyle, has spent the last six months trying to brew an accurate recreation of ancient Egyptian beer, told Vice's Munchies that the ancient Egyptian method is you have a grain in cold water, you have the grain in hot water, you heat up the one in hot water, you mix the two together, you rinse it into a vessel, and you ferment it. There is no boiling. There's no sterilizing. You're really flying blind with the Egyptian process. So like the accident, going back to that accidental, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. discovery. Right. That's literally explana- like ex- an explanation for it, you know. As sophisticated as ancient brewing practices were, there was still a chance for sediment to end up in a drinker's pint. So Sumerians, Babylonians, and Egyptians were known to drink beer with straws made of reeds or gold, (laughs) depending upon one's social class. Oh, yeah, definitely. Social class has a lot to do with how they wanted to demonstrate their superiority. So think about everybody back in the day sipping beer in a straw, bro. And that's what they say is sipping through a straw gets you way more drunk. Really? I yeah. never heard of that, to be honest. Uh, yeah. Yeah, there's actually, um, well, I guess we'll give them a shout out where there's a beer lover that likes to drink uh, beer from a straw. I think it's called Beer Girl with a Straw. Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah, remember? <laughs> yeah. We're kind of fascinated. Beer with a straw. Yeah. That's right. Shout out to, shout her. Out to her. She's fucking awesome. Um, I never heard of that fact, actually. Yeah, it. I mean, it makes sense because, like, you know, you know, when you're drinking cocktails and, you know, you're sipping on it with like a straw, it's just like it hits you quicker in some sense. Check this out. It, it so, definitely did have a different taste, though. Yeah, for sure. Um, I was gonna say, on this article, this is kind of fascinating to me. Some experts on the history of beer credit the drink with the rise of civilization. Scientific American quoted Charlie Bamforth. Anheuser-Busch endowed professor of brewing science at the University of California, USC. No. No, UC Davis. UC Davis. As saying, beer is the basis of modern statistics civilization. 
explaining that the discovery of bread and beer enticed early nomadic humans to settle, eventually, if indirectly, leading to the development of whole societies. This opinion has been echoed by others as well. Yeast has always been an integral part of brewing, but humans didn't know how it worked till the 19th century. That's kind of boring. <laughs> right. <laughs> Monks played an important role in modernizing the brewing process, including the addition of hops. I think we should go into this because this is kind of a repercussion of um, monk brewing. Yeah. Rasputin, I believe, was a monk. Was he? Hey, Google. Was Rasputin a monk? Rasputin. According to Wikipedia, he has been described as a monk or as a stranic, though he held no official position in the Russian Orthodox Church. Interesting. There he you go. He was like a monk. He was kind of like a monk, but I'm be- I'm pretty fucking sure this guy had had learned or had tasted beer similar to what we're drinking now. Yeah. See, this is what I love about, this is what I'm starting to love more as I'm, like, starting to learn more about beer and alcohol is you can literally taste history. Yeah. You're getting to taste, like, um, what uh, our forefathers, like, crafted before. And then they're using the same ingredients that they are now, but in some sense, like, it's a little different or the more of a different variant. They're kind of changing it to Yeah. The they're there. they're accommodated to like the modern palate, mm-hmm. you know. No, exactly. Cuz ag- again, it all goes back to your ho- how yeah. your audience is. Uh that is one dark bottle. That's a heavy bottle. Too. <laughs> you know they why they make it dark? dark. You know why they make said. it dark? <laughs> um sunlight. You know why they make it dark? Why they made it so it doesn't sunlight. Uh, yeah. Well, I they, mean, they make it dark. It's, it's yeah. like sunglasses, man. It's yeah. Sunglasses for your beer. But then it also doesn't affect with like the the chemical process. Oh, of it. Yeah. It's oh, I also well, else. if light is exposed to it, it changes the content of the beer. Yeah. Yeah. It does. I also forgot like one last tidbit about hops. Um, hops were actually used for like medical uh, usage and able to make like a um, color painting and stuff. Color painting. Yeah, and also really? um, they also you could actually make rope for some reason out of it. And Dude, other a things. hop rope. Fuck, I need that. <laughs> I'm I don't know what I would that. use it for, but <laughs> hey, that's just tied to, to say rope. that you have a hop rope. Honestly, I will make a hop string. Uh, string. I would want uh, a to hop make rope a and play smoke. jump rope with it. <laughs> hey, so look, he's hop, hopping, so it's I can hop, hop rope. over my hop rope. <laughs> 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 That's the name of the episode, Hop Rope. <laughs> so if anybody knows how to make a hop rope. Yeah. So it, Sh- Shout out. It, Holla. Yeah, yeah, shout out. Um, yeah, that's basically what it was primarily used until like they say, like, oh, they just put this into beer. <laughs> yeah. Bad, bad I totally forgot about that. Tidbit mm-hmm. until just I mean, now. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's just this is kind of wrapping. innovating. This is kind of wrapping up, isn't it? I, li- I like where we're going with this, but yeah. I feel like there's more to come from different countries. Like, we should do the history of beer from different countries. That'd so maybe this should be, like, mm-hmm. history of beer USA. And then we should do, like, history of beer yeah. UK. I mean, oh, we did talk like, about I, almost, like, the history of, like, beer in the USA. Yeah, I, I But, like, now, now I'm interested in the beer history in Germany. Because we did do... The, the last beer episode we did 
to be correct, Sergio was Oktoberfest, correct? Yes, correct. The last and that's the last one we did, and that was like we literally talked about the origins of Oktoberfest and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So if you really strictly want to listen to our podcast just about beer, Oktoberfest is probably the one that you got to go back to. Yep. Um, and then before that, it was. Um, before that, I think it was in the summer when we got the variety pack. Yeah, for we got Fire a variety Stone. pack for Firestone Fire Walker. That shit was good. I love and that. we talked about perfect. It was the perfect varieties. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the variety He'll, of beers. He enjoyed it. Well, I think we gotta much, um, I, move on to. Go, go ahead. Yeah, I uh, I found the I guess the recipe or nursery rhyme or whatever that they Can we went play? through. Is there like a YouTube uh, video? Yeah, for it? yeah, I'll play it. I want to hear this song. It's not a song. It's just like a. You know what? Like if you rhyme. if you play it, if you share it to me, won't I be able to play it since I'm connected? Oh, you already to the task connected, camp? huh? Okay, it's at just seven. It was. It's at seven ten. Just remember that. Okay. That's why so you guys got, need to get iPhones. You don't have this type of issue. No, we we have talking about. <laughs> we we don't have an issue. What he's doing right now is basically like sending it. To, you can nearby it. That's their airdrop. Yeah. There you go. Trust me, uh, I know airdrop. I look, love airdrop. Look, it's fast. Look he it. got it. Bam, he I got, got it. it. What, what'd you say? What's uh, the seven ten. That's the seven ten. Yeah. Okay. I'm telling you, iPhones. I don't. I don't. Will they, they get the like timestamp automatically? Yeah. They get really? Yeah. Will they, they get the timestamp? It, it all depends on what kind of options that you want. Seven minutes, ten seconds. Yeah. Why are you playing it from the beginning? Do we have time for seven minutes? I know. I'm trying to go to it. Hold on. Do you need help, sir? All right. Specific unassuming plant. This is also further supported by the fact that an old Finnish oral myth that could be possibly dated as far back as 3,000 years ago mentions brewing ale specifically with hops. This is 720. However, this We're at 720 right now. In the 19th century, so it showed the quote, right? So at 710. Wait, oh, uh, okay. I thought it was he was going to sing it. This is also no, he's not gonna sing it. Okay, I got it. Seven ten. Start from seven ten. Okay. This is the quote. There was an old man on the stove. The old man spoke from the top of the stove. The origin of beer is barley, of the superior drink, the hot plant. Though that is not produced without water or a good hot fire. What the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I mean, this is exactly what I said when I read The Lord of the Flies and any literature for that matter that was like intriguing was what the fuck? What is this guy saying here? There's an old man on top of the stove. Okay. Aging. Maybe. Uh Uh-huh. The old man spoke from the top of the stove. The origin of beer is barley of the superior drink, the hot plant. Mm-hmm. Though that is not produced without water or a good hot fire. You Elements. Got- I'm talking fire, water, earth. Damn, we're talking about the Wind and fire. And Avatar wind. Airbender fire. over here. <laughs> that was the history of beer was the airbender myth. <laughs> yes, and, they and bent it's all, funny because they really, really do have you, to. You really do. Yeah, you have do have to bend, bend those ingredients, all of those yeah. materials, <laughs> and it's essentially telling you how to make it because it's saying. Not, yeah, they have all the ingredients. Like, it's just telling you, but in a, in the context of that time. Yeah, 
I want to hear the song though. I thought you were gonna play the song. Oh, it's not a song. <laughs> it's just a fucking. It's like a rhyme, <laughs> rhyme or whatever. It's a nursery yeah, well, rhyme. That doesn't rhyme really well. There was an old man on the stove. The oh. old man spoke from the stove. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't really, you know. They're just saying the same words. The context is not. And he, he didn't say it was a great rhyme. He just said it's a rhyme, you know. He's yeah, not wrong. I it was yeah, a rhyme. He's not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> They're just saying the same words over again. So I don't know. I guess it's hey, whatever sort of sticks, a rhyme. you know. Well, it stuck because obviously we just drank it. Yeah. yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, here, here. I think uh, we're coming uh, to about rounding it out to the end. Yeah. Well, obviously, there's one more segment here because mm-hmm. Sergio went. Uh, so I'm just trying to see <laughs> if he doesn't remember, if he remembers. Yeah, we got to do a sip on this. Sip on this. We got to do a sip on this, ladies and gentlemen. So, without further ado, sip on this. You still had a. Oh yeah, wait, you don't know what sip on this is. Okay. For, for all of you new audiences and viewers, as well as our new guest here, Sip on This is where we basically talk about one new thing that we've learned about um, regarding our pillars of media. So, like, whether it be a TV show, whether it be um, a movie, a video game, it could even be technology-worthy or beer-worthy. Like basically any of those categories that like something new or, or music too. don't okay. forget music. We always talk about music here. Um, so uh, yes. I come from an actual scientific background. So yeah, let's talk th- about that background a yeah. little bit. Yeah. So um, we probably should have done that at the beginning <laughs> of the podcast too. Yeah. Uh, technically Daniel's a scientist. Yeah. Oh, Daniel's technically, de- technically <laughs> um, Dexter, the man. No, I mean, what? I'm just regular. No. Uh, He's a pimp. <laughs> you know what? I'm not gonna um, argue that. <laughs> I don't know about He's that. He's a scientific man. He's a man of science. Uh, yes, I, I am a man of science. It, can I lie? And um, it, it always exposes the truth. But always the things that we kind of like refer back, especially when I was taking my science courses, was um, I don't know if you guys ever heard, but Beer's oh. Law. So this was actually a law um, that takes the absorption of life is equivalent to um, a can you constant. S- could be a little closer. Oh, sorry, sorry. No, it's um, okay. But a constant times concentration times the path length. Um, okay, wait, wait, hold on, hold on. This is very interesting to me. Yeah. You're fucking speaking my language here. So can you back up a little bit? Can you do what is it? What is He's it? Clearly not speaking your language. Uh, so, so, so <laughs> from what I understand, I think it was one of the um, bigger manufacturing companies for um, beer. Um, if I get it wrong, please someone correct me. Um, it's I want to say it's in between Guinness and Hennessy. I, I, I want to say it was Guinness. Yeah. Um, and yeah, yeah. back in the day, um, everybody was to themselves. Nobody wanted their secret. Just kind of like how Coke has like that one. I don't know if it's true right. or not. It's just like with bartenders. They always want to keep the recipe secret. No, oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. And any type of scientific research in order to ferment and you know produce their own beer, everything is catalog. Well, there's one particular scientist... Um, I don't have the information with me right now, but he went under um, an alias. And it what was, was his beers. alias? Do you remember his alias? Um, he actually, you know, um, put in. He actually published the, the information, man. and it was essentially talking about the formulation that I spoke about a little bit earlier called Beer's Law, which is um, A equals epsilon times C times L. Um, and all of that can be broken down. You can look it out on Wikipedia. Yeah. Um, but it sounds like just a mentions. fun fact about um, 
you know, just kind of relating science to like, or kind of like the process this of beer fascinates me, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. um, yeah, that's just a little fun fact that, um, just coming and from what, my science. I mean, background. but what, what does that beer, what is the beer law state? Like, what is the foundation of it? Like, uh, so, uh, I want to say back in, back in the day, they were tasting like different fermentation, you know, what kind of alcohol content mm-hmm. can we produce? Like if we fermented it for like a long period of time versus mm-hmm. like a short period of time, how would it taste? You know, what was the concentration of it? What's, um, for instance, like this concentration of this was 19 years, if I remember. So definitely that will affect the taste. That will affect, affect the flavor mm-hmm. just in general. So essentially if what I remember correctly about Beer's Law was he introduced a paper that talked about the different concentrations of alcohol content if you made it from, you know, for say 90 days versus like 180 days. Oh, shit. And it gradually just went and went in. It's just more information. So it's basically like it's the multiplication of alcohol content versus days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's fucking dope. Yeah, that's just factors to consider, really. Oh, yeah, definitely. And. The company that he was working for didn't want any of this published. He couldn't mm-hmm. go by his original name, and I can't remember it. But that's why he went under an alias, and he said, this is Beer's Law, and talks about all the different types of fermentation of alcohol. Yeah. And um, essentially, that's why we have an equation named after it. After him, um, Dude, that alias. is fucking the coolest. It's. I would say the cool out of all the guests that we've had on the show, yeah. that is the fucking coolest tidbit. It is cool because I'm getting I'm like... I'm sorry for all the other guests, but that was fucking cool to me, personally. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to argue <laughs> I'm that. I'm a nerd. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to argue that because I'm getting some of the remin- uh, reminiscence of, like, how scientists discover, like, say, gravity. There's laws of gravity. Yeah. Right. You know? Yeah, so this is also, there is like... laws of The beer. laws of beers. The beer laws. And having to constitute, like... Um, the variations of what makes a beer, or, you know... Mm-hmm. Dude, that is fantastic. Daniel... Fuck man. yeah, dude! I'm so glad. This is fucking Jeez. awesome. That's awesome, dude. Beer's law, baby. Look it up. It's real. It's a real thing. I believe him. <laughs> Just Google it. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Google will probably have a lot more information than what I talked about, but dude, that's fucking awesome. It's... We got to talk more about beer's law. We got to do an episode just on the science of beer. That will actually. Can be... you do that episode with us? Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely. Um definitely like to also bring um i have a colleague who is also knowledgeable about that process and you know we can just kind of like talk about that whole process since we both come from scientific background oh man that that excites me i'm ready um do you need something to charge your headphones what do you need okay let's go on (laughs) damn dude bring the call what's your colleague's name uh his his name's actually jose Jose, man, Jose. we gotta have you on. Jose. We gotta talk. We gotta do a beer, another beer episode, strictly beer, beer science, baby. Oh yeah, and definitely. have Jose on. We have another mic. We have another headset, so we're good to go. Mm-hmm. And you know, we got enough beer. Oh yeah, definitely. Oh, um, delicious, Sergio. <laughs> let's go. Uh, you know what I'm noticing? This is a beautiful time of the year. It is. I mean, yeah, beautiful c- time of the lobe. the considering the ear not, lobe. Not talking about the elephant in the room, um, but. Uh, you're at home you don't want to get covid and you're watching tv <laughs> and this is actually a really great time for tv 
Because now there's like new seasons of TV coming out. Yes. Like, I've just been yes. watching yes. like yes. animes. animes. HBO Max yes. is really fucking kicking ass. Kicking ass. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, even with the Harry Potter stuff. Even with the Harry Potter stuff because cool. it's the 20th anniversary. Yeah. Shout out. We did an episode on that. Mm-hmm. Hey, um, that means Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter came out the same time. Really? It doesn't I even feel they, like it, to be honest. Right? Yeah, it doesn't even feel like it. See, we're old men. But, <laughs> you know, nevertheless, it aged well. Just like this. Um, oh, man. Just like this product. Age is Hopefully this podcast yeah. aged well. Hey, <laughs> don't. We should not make it as long. We should, we should never make anything long. That's all I say. That's what. Except for. The, that's that's what always has to. Yeah. Except for. That's it. what she said. That's what she said. Hey, you know what? She's right. <laughs> hey there, baby. What? Who? Huh? I'll kill him. What? Something. It was probably a mouse. Where? Let me see. It's like a, it's like a mosquito bite. What? Was it like a fish? Well, fish the bug, not the actual fish. Oh, yeah. Over there? So, there's been, yeah. There's been uh, good shows out there. The Righteous uh, Gemstones. You better look That's just fucking sure funny. No if you ever watched it, it's uh-huh. about a mega church family. And there are really terrible people, but you can't <laughs> keep your eyes off of them, you know? Mm-hmm. And this season, they have some good fucking cast. I mean, Eric Andre joined the cast. Uh, Sinbad was there as guesting there. Sinbad? Yeah, really? I haven't seen him, and he's just as funny as he was. No, the comedian. No, yes. okay, okay. I, yeah. I wasn't sure we were talking about the same thing. Ta ta, turtle man. Oh, man. Ta ta, turtle man. <laughs> Going back to my favorite Christmas holiday yeah, there we special. go. There we go. You know, you got comedies like that. You got Euphoria, something, a mm-hmm. drama that's like so fucking eye gazing and you can't keep your eyes off of it. I mean, I'm trying to wait for the whole season to like pan out and just right. binge it, but I can't. It's, it's too good. It's, it's too good to it's too pass fucking good. Up. Yeah. And also that Peacemaker, which I haven't watched, but I mean, I like The Suicide Squad, so Mm -hmm. I'm saying, I'm trusting that it's a pretty good show. So, you know, they got some good shit right there. Nice. You know, so that's my sip on this. HBO Max is uh, producing some good shit out there. Mm. Yeah. Also on HBO Max, uh, my shout out definitely has to be Euphoria. That episode (laughs) is, that new episode is very fucking raw. It's gritty. It's in your face. It also kind of connects the dots between uh, the character. What's the dude's name? Fez. Between Fez. his background and like, yeah, like who he is today, and really connects the dots. Yeah, and I really um, love that episode. It's actually I realized his grandma that is played in that episode is from Sopranos. Yeah. Yeah. Really? It's Eddie Falco. It's yeah. It's, <laughs> no way. Edie Falco. I'm sorry. Edie Falco, which was um, Artie's. No, no, wife. no. Wait, 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 wait. That, that wasn't her. Wait, I gotta, I gotta make sure. Gotta it's, make it's sure. Well, yeah, make sure. It's from. It's Artie's wife, from Sopranos. Is That's it? who it is. That's who it, it is. I, I know for a fact. I, I know a face. <laughs> I know for. A, didn't I say when we watched it? I was like, "That's Artie's wife." Yeah. And it's literally. I knew it as soon as I saw it, and the, her mannerisms and the way she talks. Yeah. It's definitely her. But that? do you know what if you name? if you if you haven't watched Euphoria? Oh my god, that was, that was good. <laughs> what, what her? What do you mean her name in the series? Yeah. Do you in Euphoria? It, it not 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 Sopranos. E- I'm talking in about Euphoria. Euphoria yeah. They just they just called her Fez's grandma. They didn't say her name. Did they say her name? Faye. F- 
Faith? Faith? I think it was. It might have been Faye. Oh no, Faye was the, the crackhead in the car. Oh shit! Oh yeah, wrong, <laughs> <laughs> wrong crackhead. I, I really hated her. <laughs> no, but but it does explain the story, like the background of Fez and stuff, and really gives I feel a new precedence to the series mm-hmm. because it's not. It's kind of leaning. You could kind of tell now for sure, like what way, Euphoria, what the direction is with. Um, this series as far as what the main kind of um what the main kind of um you lost no no like what the main idea is over the whole series it kind of i feel like this this episode kind of hones it down it's about drugs it's like euphoria actually it's about about drugs drugs. it's about sex It's, it's everything that associates with euphoria the word itself you know Right, it could be just and, but I mean, like now, like after this first episode, yeah. I could, I feel like now, like that kind of sets, it sets the precedence for yeah, what the the, the under, the bar is, right yeah. for yeah. the for the series. It's 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 surrounding drugs, and I feel that's why Zendaya came out with that um, post on on I think Twitter, Instagram, which was basically saying like, hey. No, just so you know, this new season of Euphoria is going to be really crazy and like really only watch it if you're of age because mm-hmm. it's not for younger. Yeah, it guys. is her wife. His wife. Charmaine Buckle. There you go. Yeah. And what's her actual name? Her actual name is. Oh, I just had it right now. Uh, go back. Catherine Narducci. There you go. And she plays a wonderful part in this series. Big part that was kind of overlooked in the last series which was she was kind of like the dying grandma of but you didn't see a face you only saw an oh, old right person, yeah she was a dying right? grandma so but in the well, in this first episode it kind of rejuvenates yeah. the idealism it's, behind the old school um kind of mentality transferring yeah. to the new school it, mentality yeah i mean not only that but it's just like um her being as the head matriarch of having to like shape like this young man because like the only the thing I take away from it is she uh Fez actually took like um I really feel like he we're took, eventually he, he took he took her mannerisms her, her mannerisms but also her uh philosophy philosophy because ideal he took his kid ideal. yeah because when he Ideals, was like yeah. um his his kid brother's age don't say don't don't spoil it. You know. Like, <laughs> yeah, something just watch it. Yeah. If you haven't he took seen him under it, his I could really see this. I could see Euphoria as being one of our future episodes. Like I could literally focus We could probably episode. focus uh season one and two. We'll definitely totally do an episode. Focus. Yeah. But we it's, also it's a great damn, show. We got a lot of TVs. There's a also, lot of stuff. Yeah. And and I mean as far as Boba Fett, but this is the beautiful part is I don't wanna say we're like piggybacking off of this stuff. We, we are, we're talking about it, but I hope that our audience sees that we're not just fanboying over this shit. We're talking about contextual concepts within these plots and schemes yeah. and like there's, real shit. There's, we're just trying to shine a light on what's good right now and the concepts of like um, uh, artistic concepts that are It's going about the craft here. It's yeah. not about... Mm-hmm. Oh my god, that episode! Obviously, we will get like that sometimes, yeah. and there's been episodes where we get like that sometimes. <laughs> we only talk some, about the great ones. Some scenes are that good; you yeah. just can't mm-hmm. hold back, you know. But all in all, like this is Golden Craft Cast. This is what we talk about. We talk about 
the arts we talk yeah. about multimedia but yeah. under all like above all well we should say is the beer the craft yes, beer. the beers right? so we will definitely be shining more of a light on the beer and without further ado i'd like to thank our guest daniel thank you thank you for, for joining for us man we, I, i'm looking forward to this just beer scientific episode because oh, this yeah, shit definitely. is blowing my mind already i um, can just I, I i i'm waiting for it oh yeah definitely um it's a great aspect especially if um you're coming from a different point of view and uh it kind of brings the science about how it developed so yeah i look forward to you know whenever we can do this and um, my colleague jose would definitely appreciate it and he'd definitely like to get in hell definitely. yeah dude yep, can't yep. wait to meet him man yeah. well this has been episode 75 hit the button baby i think Woo! we're ready to go you know where you can catch us on you can catch us on uh ig golden Crabcast, and uh yeah on our, on our bio anywhere we can listen to podcasts we're there and just see there. all our links there on it. we're kind of bumping over each other but that's the basis of it we're just real on this podcast what are you gonna do hey peace out Peace yes. out. Hey, Danny. Fuck yeah, dude. That uh, was awesome, dude. Yeah, thank you very much. It was a privilege. Always appreciate it with you guys. Can't wait for the next one. Thank you to the Science. audience. We got some surprises coming up. Next episode, 76. Who knows? Stay tuned. Dun, 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 dun. Dun, 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 dun.